0: This is Kev Millar, Brian Scalabrini, Johnny Damon, and you're listening to Boston's Big
1: Three Podcast, presented by Ride the Wave Media.
2: All right, episode 50 of Boston's Big Three, presented by Ride the Wave Media. Number 50, the big one. Now, we don't have Stafford and Brandon on the show today. We got a throwback episode. It's Myself. Spike King, and GRD. People yeah, the podcast, was named, the the
0: podcast was named after us. It wasn't named after fucking Cheech and Chong over there. The big three is here. What's good? <laughs> Let's explain why you left the podcast then. I mean, you guys are always talking shit, complaining about my Wi-Fi. You guys complaining about the way I live my life too, telling me the clothes I have to wear to the podcast. I'm not listening to nobody anymore. I wear what I want to wear. I don't care. Babs was making fun of the way I was dressing on the pod. He was making fun of the way I talked. No, no, no.
1: Whatever. I'm out here. I mean, I didn't know we were hosting an episode of Freezing Cold Takes. Every time you come on here, you give the worst takes out there. So you kind of wasted a lot of our time. So we moved on. And I think Boss's Big Three did pretty well without you.
0: First things first, let's put your company on blast. Your fucking company is built on cold fucking takes. Your whole company is freezing cold. That's why the, the only wave you're riding is in Antarctica, company, my guy. Company, company was built on this tattoo right here.
1: here.
2: I like to say I don't give that too many cold takes. I'm the only one who sticks by it minus Katie. Okay I feel as if people pan. Okay.
0: okay, Tyler, I want to say this. You're a little bit more logical, but you also have fucking no, no confidence in what you're saying. That's probably why you don't come up with anything logical.
1: And you also have a big head. Who? Tyler Miller, his head ain't that big.
2: Yeah, I got called Big Head
1: Tyler Miller. I think it's my hair. Like, my hair just grows
2: up. And now that there's no barbershops open anywhere, like, I'm just going to be stuck with it for a minute.
0: Yo, I got a haircut today.
2: All right, but (laughs) I was looking back. It's episode 50. So when we first started this thing uh, in June, and now what is it? April or something like that. So from June to April, Ride the Wave, Corey, uh, what Babs is going to say, Brian same person i mean we all we all took bigger steps in our i guess quote unquote career like on the social media side of things uh for this show like i was looking literally watching episode one the other night and making like a video for a 50 episode video uh we stunk at this show like forever ago i'm not saying we're good now we're probably still the same but at least last time we were just not great
0: Yo, you should go listen to episode 49 because you guys still sound like episode one. Your Wi-Fi still is fucking trash. Whoever edits your shit should
1: lose their job like before COVID fucking takes over. I don't know, man. I think that you just didn't want to be in the long run because it's a consistency and grind. You got to do this every single week. And uh, that's the only way you're gonna end up getting better at this. And you know what? It did take forty episodes, and we landed our first special guest, which was Ty Law. And I think that's something that you can't, you know, shy away but, from. Now, okay, but you could say shy away from it.
0: Whether you had a podcast or not, you could have had Ty Law, and regardless whether you had forty episodes, or okay. So on I fucking- think
1: I think I think having other guests like Alex Brandy or having like Gino Grisham. Alex Brandy, who is the captain of the Patriots cheerleaders. Gino Grisham, was the captain Super of the Patriots cheerleaders. She was. not She anymore. was.
0: Nobody current is going to talk to you because you guys are a bunch of clowns. You know who someone that's current is going to talk to us? Current tight
1: end from Penn State, Pat. <laughs> why, why are you making that face?
0: Because current tight end is, is, is somebody that might be somebody. You guys oh, can he's going to be a somebody. Listen to me, block Yo, it. You somebody. cannot get somebody. somebody when they are somebody. That's what I'm talking about. I don't want to hear about has-beens, blah, blah, blah. Ty Law, Hall of Fame career, great guy. But, bro, past his prime, just like you.
2: You faded well, Today's, today's guest is the future. Dude. Today's guest is the future. He's a, He is a somebody already. He, he's Penn State tight end, Pat, uh, Pat Fryamuth, Merrimack Mass native, uh, one of the best tight ends in the nation. That interview is coming up soon. But oh, yeah. if we're going to talk about people in the past, this kid's the future. This kid's nicknamed okay. Brayby Gone for a reason. He's going to be a legit first tight end off the board. Late first rounder, early second rounder projection before the season even started. Good uh, 15, 20-minute interview with him. We Talked about, like, Penn State football coming up. Uh, his time at Penn State growing up in Massachusetts. But, yeah, I mean, the guest names have been getting a little bit bigger here and there. Uh, it's a grind. We're not here to get all the followers in the world, get all the listeners in the world, although it would be nice. But, hey, Boston's Big 3. And over the course of 50 episodes, we have a Mount Rushmore of guests that, uh, could go toe-to-toe with all these other startups. You've got to put me in the top
0: four at least, though. I'm next to Ty Law and the cheerleader and the other guy that couldn't even crack the practice squad in the Patriots. What's good? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Listen to me. All I'm here to say is this. If I was on the podcast, we would probably have David Ortiz already. We probably would have got Ted Williams' frozen-ass body out of the freezer. I would have brought real guests on that are actually meaningful people. All
2: time. Like, we have to uh, factor in here as well, is that you were on the podcast and none of these guests were brought up. I was, but then I took my talents
0: elsewhere. My podcast has been blowing up. What's What's that podcast? Can you give a cheap plug to it? I'm actually not going to do that because my team actually told me not to even bring
1: that (laughs) word into this fucking podcast. Let's take a look back at some of the episodes. Some of the things that we had. Doghouse Dan Shea, when he came on, you remember he screwed Ride the Wave over, locked our account out when me and GRD went out to Vegas, and I think that was one of our biggest content weeks out there. <laughs> that he was had, awful. And it, and that was god-awful that we had to have him come on. Dan Shea still causes commotions for the two-minute drill. I hear about it. He's, still, he's done some good things. He got an interview with Hunter Bryant, tight end from uh, Washington. That's cool and everything, but uh, a little iffy. How about we had Matt Gordon once on the podcast. Give a chime in for a felt 15 minutes. From Australia. When, he had, when he had the fake Brock Lesnar's kid uh, interview <laughs> as well, too. Yep, uh, that's
0: another one of your fucking garbage-ass shit that Ride
1: the Wave was the, a part of. Hey, you know what? Ride the wave is still there and ride the wave's still growing. I mean, you can shit on it all you want. I mean, we're not going anywhere anytime soon. And I think that what Tyler Miller just said anybody that's doing this as a startup, I like doing this. This is just fun. It's awesome. We shoot this shit. We get to talk about sports. But uh, we pull in some guests here and there. We get to have some funny content and taking this, and, it, and it's fun to do it. We're a. Oh, in a lot better spot than a lot of other people out there, 100%. There are people out here, we're celebrating 50 episodes. There are motherfuckers out here with 200 episodes that absolutely stink, stink out loud, as Tyler Miller would say. You know, there's people out here that are starting episode one, two, three, and then they give up on it. I think that we're at episode 50, and I cannot wait. Because these last ten episodes, now we're starting to get a couple of guests. Maybe they don't tickle your fancy there, GRD. But we're starting to get knowing for that. We can start getting more comfortable, and we'll see what the next fifty episodes. Plus, have. we
2: got we got a, a guest list of names that we could drop when we're requesting interviews. I mean, this is how I've been starting to get it. I'm like, oh, we've had NFL Hall of Famer Ty Law, Super Bowl 51 champion Geno Grisham, like former page's cheerleading chap- captain if you just introduce these people the right way that's how you get more people on and we've
1: also had grd on as well too so when yeah. they hear I that that's was just going tell you that's guys that's at least use that as
0: a selling point instagram own green front <laughs> three.
1: on the mount rushmore of this fucking stupid podcast. G- 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 grd I-, I know putting things aside here i know you like to to have fun you want to poke the bear a lot have you listened to any episodes since your departure for a bit? And just literally giving your honest take about something that has stuck out with you that there's a bright spot. At least give us a little uh so the best thing that you possibly could have done was
0: put it on the Apple uh the Apple app now. I could just listen to it because I don't have to see your ugly ass faces.
1: Yeah, I so, know, especially. Fair so, is
0: fair. so since then the reviews have definitely gone up. I don't have to look at you fucking Jamokes, and I'm
1: impressed. However no, you got you you, you got to give some I shout out to him. But here's the thing. So you go on from it was us three. And this is Boston's big three. It is us three a hundred percent. This is where it starts. This is what it where it starts from. But it also has to do with time constraints, setting things up, Wi-Fi, and all that. And you gotta give some love to someone like Brandon Watabi, who stepped away Hell from either yeah. wave at the time when we first set this up. He wasn't really part of us at the time. He comes back, he was the one that put us on Apple. He's the one that put us back on the map there. And then someone no, remember like remember Joe- we were trying to get Tyler Miller to do it for like Three months, yeah. It, it, yeah. yeah, Google ruined everything. Yeah, oh Google ruined everything. You did love. you went live, mm-hmm. and then all and then all yo. of a sudden, and yo. all of a sudden, I know I went live one time and I carried a show on my back for an hour straight. And I yo. know I can do that still. Yo, give a shout out to Stafford too, real quick, and
0: yeah. then wrap it up because people don't want to hear this. We got topics to talk about. Absolutely. This is the rambling blah 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 that I was talking about. Nobody cares that this guy left your shitty-ass company, came back to the same (laughs) shitty-ass company, and tried to make it a little bit better. And he did make it a little bit better. The podcasts are obviously a little bit better. When I was here, my internet was bad. My head was all out of the place. These kids came together. Much respect to Watabi and to Stafford. God bless. Next topic.
2: All right, topic of the interview. Pat Frymuth, Penn State tight end, baby Grok, big number eighty-seven. Hopped on Boss' Big 3, talked about football. Growing up in Massachusetts, his time at Penn State, what his plans are, especially during the COVID-19 pandemic and how that could possibly affect college football. Solid 15, 20-minute 20, 20 interview. Uh, we thank them and Penn State Athletics for letting us have a quick, uh, a quick conversation with them. Like I said, this kid is the future. He's legitimately like a beast tight end. And uh, Corey, right before we hop in, one more thing. Yo, this is the thing.
0: You guys, I'm going to go listen to the interview when it drops, blah, blah. blah. I'm going to look at it. But I guarantee it's going to bore the shit out of me. If you brought me into it, I would have brought legitimate, interesting things. I would have said, dude, if you're picked in the first round next next year, I'll let you come truck stick me at Andover High next year off the line. I'll jam the kid, and then I'll, I'll be a first-round pick in this bitch i'm sure if no, we had really. you on the interview no, they would say we're I'm all set shit. we're
2: canceling this
0: <laughs> also no, this, the first
2: interview, this is the first interview we had moderated
0: we got bro more. i'll yep. be honest i'm really excited this kid like you guys have been selling them to me last year he had a, a great year and dude the fans in penn state i've looked at the message boards they're excited about this kid so yeah. the sky Are... is the limit for this year if we even have football
1: just a very well-spoken kid all around. And obviously, we were monitored the entire time while doing this interview. We had a set list of questions. We got to go off the rails a little bit, but we had to keep it in check. But it's very informative. I know Tyler Miller was very excited because of his Penn State connection there as well, too.
3: Hey. And uh,
1: a little Patriots news, too. We got Shout to out ask Penn about- State Barstool. We got to uh, ask him about, uh, you know, t- his thoughts on Tom Brady and the New England Patriots. So, that's very interesting to hear a potential. He's a potential first-round pick if this season ends up playing. He has a good season. He could get picked at the end of the first round. Just yo, saying that now.
0: Yo, instead of watching the interview, the live interview was probably something like this. Tyler Miller asking questions.
2: <laughs> yo, Penn State. Hey, remember that time you scored the touchdown? That yo, was awesome. basketball <laughs> school too. Hey.
1: Hey, Uh, we fumbled
2: fumbled the basketball school bag big time.
1: All right, everybody. Right Right now, interview Pat Firemuth. Here we go. All right, what's up, everybody? It is now time. The interview that you've been waiting for. Boston's Big Three podcast presented by Ride the Wave Media. You know, we're excited today because – we have somebody on here is from the Boston area. Shout out Merrimack, Massachusetts. And you know what? He's done something great for Massachusetts. He's taken his talent, his homegrown talent here on Mass and sent it out to Pennsylvania to go play in the Big Ten. And now that he's been building it up, because what he's doing out there, scoring touchdowns and slamming bodies down, he's been building up a little urban legend out there of baby Gronk, because he wears number 87. What we have, guys, on today's show is 6'5", 256 pounds of pure steel, Penn State tight end, Pat Fryermuth. Pat, tell him what's up.
3: What's up, guys? Uh, thanks for having me on, and uh, hopefully the fans get some taste of what I'm about today.
2: I right, like Bab just mentioned we can hop right into this. I know I uh, don't want to take too much of your time up, but first things first is like, how did you get your start playing football in Massachusetts? Um, if someone, we're both from Mass, and Bab's obviously yeah. from Mass. It's more of like a basketball state, I feel, because of the Springfield yeah. Hall of Fame and everything as compared to down south. Everything's football heavy. Basically, kind of what, like, when did you get your start playing football? When did you realize, like, hey, I can be a D1 athlete, an NFL prospect? Just kind of like walk us through that a little.
3: Yeah. Uh, yeah, so uh, growing up, uh, I played both sports, uh, football and basketball. Um, and actually, I was uh, started playing football in fourth grade, so as long as basketball like uh, competitively. Um, and then like, I was really good at basketball. Um, started playing that in high school um, a lot. Uh, we're doing extra work for basketball, playing AU for basketball. Um, and then I had the opportunity to repeat um, my sophomore year at a private school, Brook School in North Denver, Mass. Over my cousin, uh, Pat Foley, is the head coach there um so i went there and my first sophomore uh my, my second sophomore um at my private school um i had a really good football season um and my cousin was like listen like if you make a highlight film you can get some looks off this blah blah blah. and then basketball season rolls around and i'm the sixth man from i mean our starting five went all d1 i was a six man won a uh nepsac class uh b title um and i was the leading scorer on the team um so i was I mean, I was like, oh, maybe basketball is my thing, and then UMass offered, um, and then a bunch of other schools started offering, um, and then I was like, started putting on a little weight, um, so basketball was kind of out, out, out of the question, and then uh, started playing football seriously, and I love, I love the decision I made.
2: That kind of transitions to the next point is like, how did Penn State first reach out to you? Um, personally, yes. I had no intentions of going to go into Penn State. Like, I had no idea. I just was in Pennsylvania one day. Ported, it liked it yeah. applied and got here i'm not sure if they reached out to you kind of like if you were trying to stay more local in mass like personally pennsylvania i think it stinks out loud i'd rather be in massachusetts <laughs> but i love being at penn state so yeah yeah.
3: yeah yeah so um yeah so uh coach ronnie the new coach at old dominion the new head coach there he came at my school and just kind of like was talking to me getting a feel out for me um Kind of was like, hey, come to a camp because I didn't really go to camps uh, prior to that. He said, come to a camp, we'll see how you do, blah, blah, blah. So I go to the camp and uh, he, I balled out and he pulled me in his office with Coach Franklin, and Coach Moorhead, um, and offered me a scholarship. Um, and kind of, uh, I visited Syracuse. I was deciding between Syracuse and Penn State. I want to get the decision over early just so I could focus on what I'm doing, what I was doing then now. Um, and then, um, you know, just, went to Penn State again for the second time and just fell in love with it even more um it's, I, in my opinion it's the um biggest like football school in this kind of area of the country you know what I'm saying um so I just fell in love with it and I'm very happy with the decision I made
2: did you ever get like recruited with like Ife Melifano from Grafton he's pointed uh, back up there in Syracuse now
3: yeah, I, I did not. I didn't really hear of him, but I actually worked out when Obi was with the is still with the Patriots. But when yeah, Obi yeah. first got signed back with the Patriots, I worked out with Obi for a little bit. Um, so he kind of introduced me to his brother. Um, that's kind of how I met him.
2: Yeah, so I played football against like growing up. Before oh, really? I hung up the cleats because I broke my jaw <laughs> on track. But
1: that was up to you. So uh, obviously, you know, we live in this great area of massachusetts you've seen the dynasties uh over the last 20 years and you've seen a lot of players come in and out of new england except the one tom Brady, who's finally out of here but uh, that's a whole different other story but a lot of these guys that you've watched growing up um is there somebody that you've molded yourself in terms of patriots related or anybody in nfl that you want to replicate the game now we said earlier baby gronk and that's always been thrown out there and that's cool and you are saying it's cool to be like you know having that Rob Gronkowski comparison, but you want to be the first Pat Fryermuth, Like, you you know, you're trying to set your own tone out there, but is there somebody out there in the NFL, whether it's Patriots related or anywhere in the NFL, that you kind of want to mold your game?
3: Yeah, um, I think I'm a unique uh, tight end uh, in a way where I think I can do it all. Um, I think my coaches say the same thing. Um, I'm trying to – I try and take different parts of different players' games. Um, so, Kelsey, I like, I like to look at his swagger, his route running, like the way he wins that on, on, on man routes. And the way he gets open in zone routes, I like to take that from him. Uh, I watch George Kittle a lot. He, his just um, tenacity, just catching the ball and running without running with it, and just his whole energy blocking. I mean, I, there's a clip of him in the uh, NFC Championship with putting someone in the end zone, smiling while doing it. I mean, that's that's hard to find, and I just want to have that mentality. Um, and then just overall, I mean, Mark Andrews and, and definitely the um, the all three of the Ravens tight ends last year, they just did everything really well and I watch a lot of film on them. So I'll just kinda take different parts of each NFL tight ends who are really good. Just try to my game.
1: Throw throw a little little, little throwback here. Yeah, how about Tony Gonzalez? You ever watched some of Tony Gonzalez? Yeah. Uh, I didn't I I did not know I have not
3: watched any of his film but I mean I just like to bounce around a little bit so we'll see we're in that new generation you know uh, <laughs> exactly
1: so going from the NFL now to Penn State wh- like who are some of the uh, biggest mentors that you have over there at Penn State that you will either mold your game with or you listen to every single day that uh, give you a ton of advice going forward.
3: Uh, yeah, so obviously in the recruiting process, uh, Mike Kosicki, um just the way he handled himself, obviously having a rough start two years, and then the way he, he refocused his mind and, and got after his junior and senior year, just his ability to, to beat man coverage and just and beat the guy across from him, um, that's definitely something that I looked up to and definitely that I, like, watched film of him coming in. Um, and just kind of like Jesse James as well. Um, and then when I got there at school, um, Nick Bowers, currently training for the NFL, um, he was a huge mentor to me. I mean, he always helped me out. when I was a, He always made me remain humble uh, through the highs and the lows. Um, he was huge to me, and same with my coach, Tyler Bowen. He's been there through it all, and he's like my second father. Like He's the best, and I'm just appreciative of everything he's done for me. Awesome.
1: You know, right now, times are really tough in society with the whole pandemic going on with COVID-19, and there's a lot of unknown out there. Uh, Myself, I work at Mass General Hospital. Uh, I work for the police department there, and it's just crazy to see how our society shut down, Uh, and that's one side of it working there. Now, you as an athlete who is trying to prep himself for, you know, To further your career, especially when you have your eyes on the prize for next year 2020 in the fall that you want to get Penn State into in the national title game and as well as the 2021 draft. What are you doing right now during the COVID pandemic to stay in shape um, to stay active to keep your mind right and uh, how about your other teammates as well too.
3: Yeah. Um, so obviously, uh, first, obviously, um, thank you to everyone who's been uh, on the front lines helping this pandemic out. Um, definitely uh, caps off to them. And I really appreciate all of their hard work um, to try and keep this country running. Um, obviously, football and everything takes a back burner to everything that's going on in society right now. But um, training wise, I'm just trying to do everything I can. Um, that's uh, picking up, put loading up a backpack and doing squats with that or, or running extra hills. Or I'm just finding different ways to try and Keep my body active and, and and keep making those gains to have a good season coming up. And um, obviously, I uh, can't look too far ahead. I'm just focused on the national, making to the national championship, and, and getting onto the field in the fall. Um, I can't wait for that to happen.
1: Where, where, just. Because from, you're from Merrimack, and yep, that's yep. like the Minga Valley up there. Yeah. What are some of your favorite places out there uh, to go to? I mean, say I'm giving you an open field. You can go to any field that you want to in the Merrimack Valley area, any gym that you want to go to, anything that you want to do. Like, where's your favorite places to go to?
3: So my favorite place to lift and like train is uh, at Body by Boyle in Middleton. Um, great facility, great trainers. Uh, my, my boy Vinny, uh, he's a great trainer. He always gets me right. Um And then, obviously, just kind of running. I, I love work, uh, running at Newburyport High School. They have a great turf field, um, and they have a great stadium. Just run stadium stairs on. And, obviously, my mom is from Newburyport. My whole family is. So, just kind of bringing it back back to the roots.
2: So, you mentioned over, like, social media through your Twitter and a press release this past offseason that you are staying for a third year at Penn State. You see guys like KJ Hamler uh, opt out and go to the draft and other people on that offense that you guys are losing this year, whether it be the transfer portal or entering the draft. Um, how do you like kind of prepare yourself just for the next season, especially coming into the season as one of the premier tight ends that you lost a lot of offensive weapons, or you lost a handful of guys that made a key impact to the team. And you know, you're going to have a bigger spotlight on you this season. Uh, is there a different type of like mental approach you take or a workout plan you take, or you just do the same old thing. Cause it's obviously working.
3: Yeah, um I've been, always been a guy where I do my process and I don't change if I'm getting more hype or I'm getting or I'm not playing well. I just stick to what I know and that's kinda training my mind every single day to envision things and envision uh plays I'm gonna make on the field and, and different things like that. Um, I definitely kinda stayed in my process and I definitely have a routine where I go through, I wake up and I stretch and um I go work out and then I'll have some lunch, do class, do school work and then I'll go work out again. Like I have a like a kind of process that I follow. Um, I don't really uh, let the media kind of hype me up, and I never really pay attention to it because obviously um, it's great getting the publicity and stuff like that, but you can't get too high because once you start getting that, like kind of swagger to you, then you're not gonna be able to um, kind of focus on you and, and what you can do to improve. And I mean, if I can't do that, if I can't provide on the field, perform how I want to perform, like none of this is going to it's not like meant to be like it's got it's going to go away like that. So I got to continue to play how I'm playing and stick to my process.
2: So you've had a lot of success in two years at Penn State so far. Uh, Kind of more of a lighthearted question, just a simple what was your best memory in Penn State? And then kind of when did you realize like this is kind of your coming out game? This is Mm -hmm. oh, Pat Fryman is here to stay game.
3: Yeah, um, so probably my best memory so far is definitely winning the combo. Um, that was definitely as a team, that was definitely a huge accomplishment. Um, definitely blessed to be a part of that. Um, but my, like, myself coming out party probably was I knew, uh, like, I want, this was going to be me. It was my freshman year against at the White House against Ohio yeah. State. Yeah, right, that was what I was going to yeah, say, too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, going into that game, I remember. So, coach told me I was going to start Monday prior to that week, and I immediately left his office and threw up. I was so nervous. Um, but I kind of got to the stadium, and uh, that, game and just kind of the fans I was like there's no need to be nervous just have fun with it and I did my thing and definitely I was, that's kind of when I knew like like this is my time.
2: Speaking of like the whiteout game can you just explain to people like what that is <laughs> I try to say what it's like like especially on football season yeah. when I show around that I'm like now we had the whiteout game this week like Penn State uh, and people are just like they don't know what they're talking about and then they get there you see the clip going around uh, that goes viral like every week of Michigan calling a timeout yeah. before the game even started. Like just stuff like that that you don't find anywhere else. I tell people that Penn State have like the best fans in the country, whether quote-unquote best or just the absolute like the craziest people on the planet because they, yeah. they're with you when you're high and then they'll kick you down yeah. when you're low for <laughs> no reason at all.
3: Yeah. But yeah. just
2: kind of describe the Penn State like fan experience, the whiteout game especially, and kind of just like the love and praise that you guys receive from these people who eat, breathe, and sleep Penn State <laughs> football.
3: Yeah, um, the whiteout. There's, to be honest, there's nothing to describe it. There's no word to describe it. It's literally like the best environment in all of college football. Like, sure, other teams have other games, and all that, but like the whiteout is like the game you want to play, and the game you want to be a part of. Um, it's you walk in, you, you come out, and it's the fans are I'll fill the stadium up with 45 minutes in pregame. Like that, that doesn't yeah, happen. If you're not there, else.
2: two and a half hours. Like my freshman, literally. year, I showed up two and a half hours. Before the game, there's a huge line. So Literally, like,
3: like we're, we we walk in the stadium, they open the gates, and we come out just to, like, do our initial stretch, and it's already halfway full. Like, it's crazy. And um, the Penn State fans and the, and the alumni and, and everything that has to do with Penn State is awesome. Um, the best fan, they are the best fans in the country. Um, even when we were low and they and – it's hard for them to kind of, when we lose a game, it's kind of hard for them to fathom that. But, you know, they're always there by our side, and they're, they're always the best fans. What
2: people don't understand is that they expect a national championship every single year. Like, they yeah. don't look at a Cotton Bowl championship as a successful season. Nah, if nah, one nah. game, the whole world's on fire. Like everyone's <laughs> saying, fire James Franklin, fire Moore, Literally. fire all these other guys that were here in the past. Speaking of James Franklin real quick, I've always said this to people when they say, like, as a fan, do you like this coach coaching your team or something like that? Mm -hmm. I'm a huge James Franklin guy because I think he adds something that is rare in college football, that he's like a player's coach. Mm -hmm. Um, He doesn't really go over the X's and O's from what we see in the media, social media, Mm -hmm. just like all these YouTube videos. He's more, from my point of view, someone who will be there for the players and then coach them as opposed Mm -hmm. to being, let me be your football coach. I'm just going to be like a mentor to you and Mm -hmm. as well as like, hey, you're good at this game. Let me help you out with it.
3: Yeah. Um, so, Coach Franklin, um, obviously, there's a there's a persona, like a a view of him in the media. But Coach Franklin is the best at everything. Um, he's a he's a really smart football coach. I mean, i have sitting in meetings with him in the offense, and and he's really smart. I mean, he was the OC at Maryland before this. Um, really smart guy uh, when it comes to football. And it, what's really good about him is he really genuinely cares about you. Like you commit to you commit to Penn State, you commit to him. He to the family. Um, he brings you in every – when you first get there, he brings you to his house to, for dinner. Um, all, the, all, the, all the freshmen. He continues that throughout the year. He always texts you and checks up on you. I mean, he's just – he's a coach that really cares about you. And obviously, wins matter. Like, that, that's – he's here to win games. That's his job. But he makes sure that you're in your, the best mental uh, capacity you can be to go out and win a game. Um, he really cares about you. He really cares about us as, as players, and, and he really molds us to be great fathers and, and great businessmen and, and great players in the NFL um, Like when we move on from Penn State.
1: Kind of wrapping up with Penn State itself too, you close your eyes and you think back in the last couple of years of playing there, what are some of those big plays that stick out in your mind that you've done or the team has done in total, whether it's the games or a certain play that always sticks out in your mind?
3: Um, yeah, um, so obviously – the run against – Journey's run against the Cotton Bowl. That will always stick out in my mind. Um, I mean, Micah Parsons makes plays every single game. So, I mean, there's not really a play that sticks out. It's just a play that he makes all the time. Um, although he needs to get on the judge machine to work on his interceptions. That's something he, he does need to do. <laughs> you
2: ever see him return a kick? That's always uh, a thing.
3: Yeah, yeah. If he get worked on his hands, he can, return, he can do whatever He's he wants. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, just probably for me just to play in the Citrus Bowl kind of over Josh Allen uh, for a touchdown and um, definitely the play in the common Bowl. There's a bunch of different plays, but I just I'm enjoying my time at Penn State as a whole. Um, I'm proud of all my guys on the team for doing what they're doing. Um, now, I can't wait to see him soon.
1: Now obviously you're you're staying, you're staying focused, you're going ahead, you're marching to 2020 and hopefully everything goes back to normal society. We head into 2021, you'll make a decision then and no matter what i'm sure that you'll be grateful to go to any team out of the 32 teams in the NFL even if there's a 33rd team and they're in <laughs> london but yeah. how would it feel to be drafted by the New England Patriots and come play at home, the team that you've grown up with over these last 20-some-odd years of the dynasty and dynasty, to play at Gillette Stadium in front of your friends and family down the line.
3: Yeah, yeah that'd be awesome. I'm obviously, like you said, I'd be blessed to get the opportunity to play for any organization. But, I mean, obviously, the ability, to, the chance to come home and play for the New England Patriots and just being part of that great organization, I mean, dynasty after dynasty, after championship after championship, it'd be awesome um having my friends and family there coming every home game um uh, just be a blessing like put it on for Massachusetts and being a hometown kid that like made it um to the NFL from this area
1: are there any other,
2: are there any other players that are like Pats fans on Penn State because I'm one of few like Patriots yeah. fans Boston sports fans I'm sure you're the same and we're surrounded by Eagles fans like Steelers yeah. fans all around the country and everybody just hates New England sports Is yeah any, uh, like in the locker room that you just have to deal with it and just like put your head down like You can say six rings all you want, but they're just not going to listen to anything.
3: Yeah, so Levis, Will Levis, he's from Connecticut. Uh, He's originally from Massachusetts. He's a big Patriots fan. And I'm pretty sure Shaka, he's from Philly, obviously. Mm. I don't know if he's a Patriots fan, but I know he's a big Tom Brady fan. So I know he's rooting for the Patriots. But I don't really know, like, what team he's really for. You know what I'm saying? But there's there's a couple of Patriots fans, but I don't really, like. I think they're more of a Tom Brady fans.
1: Than Let's bring that to the second point here. Let's go about Tom Brady for a second.
3: Yeah. You're a Patriots fan. Are you a Patriots fan
1: first, Tom Brady fan second?
3: I'm a Patriots fan first, Tom Brady second.
1: Yeah, so, so what do you say about him, you know, leaving the Patriots? Obviously, it's mutual. It's business. Yeah. It's understanding you're going to get into that situation. You're yeah. going to know how it goes. How do you feel about him playing in Tampa Bay?
3: Um... Obviously, definitely going to be weird seeing him in a different uniform. I uh, Definitely kind of tune in on Sundays and see him with the Buccaneers. Um, but obviously, he has to do what's best for him. And obviously, I, I Bill Belichick and, and Robert Kraft going to have a great plan moving forward. Um, but obviously, he had to do what I had to do and bill we trust i also want to go back on the last point before
1: tyler milley rudely interrupted me because i wanted to say something <laughs> uh, i just wanted to say you know even if you do not get drafted by the new england patriots you go anywhere it's fine you're on an nfl team the fact is when you come to gillette stadium and that time will come in the nfl at some mm-hmm. point it's going to be a absolute blessing to be there you'll be highly motivated no matter what so it's it's one of those things it's like the rob gronkowski you know the buffalo bills you know passed up on him and he, every mm-hmm. time he went to buffalo he absolutely killed out there and he and he knew that he had his friends and family there as well so tyler any last thoughts that's it on my end no
2: i got nothing but thank you very much for hopping on man we appreciate it uh big things coming up this
3: season yes sir thank you guys for having me um look forward to a big 2020 season and uh appreciate you guys
1: yeah we appreciate it man thank you god bless and take care yes sir and that was it that's the interview right there. And we just also got to give a shout out because this is our 50th episode, and Tyler Miller didn't do this at the beginning of the episode. As always, we have an ad read. Today's ad read is in today's episode, the 50th one is sponsored by Grillo's Pickles. A 100-year-old recipe handed down from generation to generation, this pickle has become the new standard in the garnish industry. It was first sold out of a wooden pickle cart in the streets of Boston in 2008, and now 12 years later, you can find them in over 10,000 stores nationwide. When you get ready for burger season this summer or in the mood for a deli sandwich, remember to grab Grillo's. Crisp, clean, fresh. Tyler Miller, what did you think about that interview with Pat? Uh, It went well. I mean,
2: well, we got a solid 20 minutes with them. Um, There's questions that you want to ask NCAA athletes that obviously you can't. So it was more just like, oh, let's just do the basic run of the mill. But no, it's pretty good. Uh, Like I said, I can't speak more highly of the guy um, from Massachusetts making a name for himself in Penn State. Uh, where, like Corey said right before the interview, some of the craziest fans out there, he talked about the whiteout game, which whenever I try to explain the whiteout game, the first thing I said is there's no words for it every single time. And that was the very first thing he even said as a player. Uh, If you haven't seen the clip or you weren't watching it, whatever, when it was Penn State, Michigan this year, and Beaver Stadium was so loud that Jim Harbaugh on Michigan called the timeout before the play clock even went to, like, 14.59. So, still 15 minutes across the board. That, I think, was the coolest moment in, like, sports, like, history for me, for, like, as a fan. That was, you couldn't even hear the person sitting next to you talk to you. Like, it is a wild, wild place here in Penn State. Because when you drive here, you're on the same highway for a, 100 straight miles of nothing but farms, like, valleys, anything, mountains. And then you hit, like, a massive city, and it's Penn State. And all oh, those yeah. people are obsessed with football.
1: Uh I, I like to ask him just about, you know, at the very end, uh you know, obviously I had a I kind of spoke and answered for him in terms of he'll be humble to go to any team in the NFL, any thirty-two teams in the NFL, but what it would like to be playing in New England. And I can't wait to continue following his journey. As you as GRD said earlier before the interview, and same thing you, Tyler, you sold me on him, and now I've watched his highlights and I want to root for him. And the fact is, whether he's on the New England Patriots or at that time he does come into Gillette Stadium, because that will happen down the road that time and I did that comparison to Rob Gronkowski when he goes to Buffalo and he chuckled about that. He knows that he wants to put up big numbers in Gillette. So if he's coming as a uh, an opponent to the Patriots, uh, you better watch out for him and uh it was very humbling. It was awesome. It was awesome to have him on and I hope that uh we can continue something in the future with him as well too. Hey, I will chime in
0: and say this for the guy that could get drafted next week for him to go and say that he wants to go another year at Penn State. That's pretty, that speaks volumes of the school, of the atmosphere. He thinks that he could get drive his draft stock even higher. I yeah. respect it. And he, he announced even heard that way back. On that. He touched on he that, that in the interview too. back in November, right? He yeah, so he September.
2: he said, like in the offseason, he just wanted to come back, obviously, because of the community, uh, Penn State football, like the coaching staff. Plus, I, was, I meant to ask him this, but I totally just thought of it now. So I didn't really mean to ask him that. I should have asked him. In the NBA, like, they're doing it with high school kids that are soon to be back going to the league. Like, college basketball could be on the demise soon because the high school, like, one and done, that's all gone. But in football, you see guys staying for two, three, four years because I simply obviously just, like, the bodies aren't big enough. Uh, football is a way more complicated game. But you don't see that, that shit younger guy.
0: Sport.
2: Yeah. I mean, in the NBA, I could – I obviously couldn't. But I could have came out when I was 17 or something like that and played – in the NBA. And you just don't see that all, <laughs> uh... all the right, This is why I said it. I wouldn't personally. But a 17-year-old, you see LaMelo Yo, Ball hey, would be
0: the biggest name. Speaking of that, speaking of that, did your Special Olympics get postponed, too, with the ones in uh, Tokyo? Yeah. All the prep for nothing. Bro, I do not think that you could have made the NBA or the I G League or the life. A, B, C, D, E, F, G League, whatever the fuck. All I'm saying is this.
1: Let's talk about some sports, dude. We will. So speaking of leagues, uh, Tyler Miller, you're going to be trying out for any leagues down in Florida. The state of Florida just came out and deemed that sports is an essential business. All the commissioners of the leagues, you even have someone like Vince McMahon, they all met with Trump. They've been talking with each other. They want to try to boost back the economy. Kind of an unknown. It seems like they're trying to use one state to put all the sports down there. Do you guys have, have any takes on Do we see baseball and hockey and basketball in Florida with no fans whatsoever? It's all because of that bitch, Carol
0: Baskin, (laughs) fucking down in Tampa. (laughs) I don't know. Nah, dude, they're stupid. I don't think that there's going to be sports for a while, bro.
2: No, I I, I I don't think life goes back to normal till 2021, like next football season.
1: And you know what? I hope. I hope. it, It sucks for someone like Pat. That's trying to bank on, hey, I'm gonna go back to Penn State. What if there's no season? And yep. does it hurt his draft capital? Maybe not, but it doesn't help him. At, it, it doesn't does. help yet, yeah. yet either. So um, it's it's gonna be interesting. Uh, I think with the state of Florida, we'll we'll see what happens. But I don't see anything coming back anytime soon. It's and just, I don't see the NFL coming back.
0: Yeah, it's dude. One state does not change
1: the whole country. Like now, yeah. Florida. The was only not thing one I see from states, this though. You're good. He, he pl- unplugged himself. He does this almost every episode. Unplugs himself. I have, I have a wire. Yeah. You would think, way. you would think
0: he would have fucking stopped doing that shit forty nine episodes ago. Uh, but no, we haven't changed a bit. In, still here.
2: Stick with our roots. But like I think, well, like we said before the show, Jay Glazer tweeted that he's gonna have an announcement tonight. But it's not like a, a transaction or this player got traded. It's, it's groundbreaking news or whatever he said makes you stop and. I don't know. I forget what the exact tweet said, but it's going to be big sports related news is what the, uh, the rumor is. And if they just deem sports an essential business in Florida, then if we can connect some dots, this NFL season potentially, like I'm just speaking totally just out of conspiracy. Every game played in the Miami Stadium. All the rest of the NBA games played in the Heat Stadium. Wow.
1: Go figure. Tom Brady just went to Tampa Bay. He's already in Florida. Already yeah. got his house, Derek Jeter's house down there. Already moved down there and everything. Maybe
2: so. that's what they do with sports. Maybe it's something about the draft. Maybe they're canceling the season entirely. Uh, I'm just as a sports okay. fan holding on to any so, glimmer of hope I can. So we're going to
0: talk about this Jay Glazer tweet, blah, blah, blah. But if it was so important, why does he have to wait like a whole like 20 hours to announce it? Because he announced Brady. that he had something to break over like 12 hours ago now.
2: Uh, I think they just want TV ratings because who's going to turn into the Fox Sports right now anyways? If they wanted TV ratings, why wouldn't they,
0: like, publicly do it besides a fucking tweet from Jay Glazer? I don't well, know. They are they, just... are
1: they are. at 11 p.m. tonight, Eastern Standard Time. Even, even uh, Tyler was just saying uh, analytics have been coming out through different social media and everyone's up later at night. You know, everyone wants to get their news later at night. So things that used to break okay. during the day at two o'clock, three o'clock that would get worldwide. It's actually better to have it at nighttime. I think him just teasing it. Hey, 11 PM tonight, what are you doing at 11 PM tonight? Nothing. You're going to end up sitting up and watching that no matter what.
0: Um, nah, I it think- is really going to be like a huge audience for like, Potentially nothing. I, I was think, like, he could say the draft is fucking getting postponed.
1: Yeah, I, and that's what I was just gonna say. Thanks for taking that. Uh, they're gonna. I think they're gonna end up postponing it because you've been hearing coaches and GMs complaining that they have to do everything at home. That what if their computers go down? What if we lose power? Um, you know, what if they get hacked? As Tyler Miller was saying this earlier, you know, they're afraid that any possibility can happen. Another spec uh, speculation was. Maybe this is the New England Patriots punishment and Bill Belichick is suspended for one full year or something like that because Jake Lazer and Fox Sports were the first ones to report about the Cincinnati Bengals um, New England Patriots thing. And Pro Football Focus did just post out an article yesterday and they said that they were still trying to get down to the bottom of this and they still were going to give a um, punishment to the New England Patriots. And they said it would be very significant punishment if they found out the Patriots were in fact uh, involved in this and they were trying to cheat or something like that,
2: every I team that would be ridiculous. Yeah, that's what but I'm saying. I,
1: but, but I'm saying like it's just it goes with the football aspect and it's something that, and that could be it's breaking
2: storyline that people can Belich- talk about if and everything. Bill
1: Belichick yeah. was suspended one full year. That's fucking earth shattering. Like it, it is. Like it. it Not like, really. I, I, yes, it is. Absolutely.
2: Not really. Just wait, say that's the case. And there's no football season. They've been Bro, do this, like dude. how they did with AJ Hinch and the Astros, how they said, Oh, this is still your year. Like the MLB is not going to happen this year. And AJ Hinch technically got suspended for a year. So is everyone else. So if that happens, and Belichick legitimately gets suspended for like a football season when football is back. Uh, I mean, then if people in New England aren't even hate Goodell also, wait, what, what point of this Goodell? Like I realized I was interviewing a, a person who wanted to be in, in the NFL his goal was to make the nfl and right behind me i have clown nose Goodell, the commissioner of the league he wants to go i think that's just wicked funny i mean it's kind of like a growing meme like for the last 20
0: years though like nobody likes the commissioner yeah obviously when you get drafted you shake his hand whatever but it's still like it's kind of like the league against the commissioner anyways
2: we out here it really is when you think about it they're all just chess pieces so he can make billions hell yeah all right I did a Tom Brady video yesterday that got some hate. Uh, there's a lot of people on Ride the Wave that, as soon as Brady left, they've been trashing him. And I wasn't going to stand for it. I'm like, hey, I need to say something. Um, I think it's ridiculous if people start criticizing Brady, saying he's too old now, because he's literally sounding like all the other fan bases. Who's that, been trashing him
1: other Kaden. than Caden? Caden. Okay, okay,
2: but you've been getting public reception. Like, I know what you're doing, but you're
0: following Am I trashing your- him?
1: Am I ever trash, um, Tom Brady?
2: Yeah, in a cowardly way, you
0: are. But you're too much so. of a pussy I'll to so. admit that. Bro, you're obviously salty that your quarterback left, even though he gave you 20 years of his life, more than you even gave him. You fucking...
1: You're not? No. It was time to move on from Tom Brady. I oh, wanted okay. to move on from Tom Brady. I've been then saying why, that. Then why are you so
0: obsessed with posting about him and his wife's marital status? Why are you so obsessed with... Your I was obsessed post. with
1: it because I was the first I was the only one to post about it back in January Because it was floating around And then I mean, he went on the Howard you sound Stern really show stupid. And talked about it you That's sound really stupid. It's new.
0: really stupid I was the only one I was. You act like you're the, the only one in on the, the fucking there. internet dude I am First things first You're it trying might. to rip off on a, on somebody already So you can't say you're the
1: first of the first Bro, I'm telling you this You're, you're mad, Brady left your ass no, I'm not. I'm happy that he left because it wouldn't have worked out here. There was no way around it. I have never come out and said... Come a little bit closer up. to the camera. I've never come out and said that Tom Brady is washed up. I've never come out and said I hate Tom Brady. I have said yeah. thank you for your service exactly. for the last 20 years. But how about this? Let me say this. What's okay. the mantra? Now L- shut little, up. Little, shut little, up. Shut up. What's, what's the mantra that we use in New England here? New England... Versus everybody. What's Tom Brady? Is Tom Brady New England right now? No, he's everybody. He's somebody else. He's in Tampa Bay. So as of right now, Tom Brady is not on your side. He's not on your 53 man roster. If you're a New England Patriot fan, I'm not rooting for the Tampa Bay Bucks. Tom Brady, yeah, I want you to throw 50 touchdowns. I want you to throw 5,000 yards. I want your team to go 0 and 16. I'm not rooting for Tampa Bay to be successful with Tom Brady there. I don't care. What happens? It's New England Patriots first. A lot of Brady Dick riders out there because they don't know what the team is like without Tom Brady. I'm excited about the unknown. Can the Pats go 4-12? and 12? Absolutely. Could they go 12-4? and four? Absolutely. It's going to be a fun season to root for. I will celebrate Tom Brady's legacy when he's officially retired from the NFL and he retires as a New England Patriot.
0: Okay, so I'll retrack on my statement
1: that says you're salty. You
0: are not salty that he left you. But, however, look at this. It's not like Tom Brady went to the Philadelphia Eagles. He didn't go to a rival of the New England Patriots, a hated team. Bro, he went to an irrelevant-ass team that is never even going to sniff the Patriots. Like, I feel like the Patriots, this is not their year. They're rebuilding. They're excited. You just said it yourself. They could go 4-12. and I know you're, you're still here. Still here. Blah, blah. I like that. I respect you for that. But, bro. Football is not in Gillette this year. Football is, you respect the football in Gillette, but Tom Brady actually has a chance to do something. So you might as well have a little bit of a rooting interest in him because rooting against him, it just sounds like a little salty to me because it's not New England's year. I mean, it's, I'm not. So I'm not do you want Mahomes against to win? Him do you want Mahomes to win another Super Bowl? No, absolutely not. Who would you rather, if uh, Tom Brady or Mahomes
1: in the Super Bowl, who you want to win? I'd rather kill myself. What? Tom I don't Brady, want who because I – no. Because if Tom, Brady wins, if Tom Brady wins a Super Bowl with Tampa Bay, that's a very bad look for New England. That's a is very bad – I don't opinion. think it is. I think yes, it's a- it is. It's a bad look for Belichick and Robert Kraft because all the fans are going to say, why did you let Tom Brady leave? Why did you let Tom Brady walk? I'm going to tell Dude, you this. Tom you Brady so is going to do bad, and he's going to do bad in Tampa. Here's I hope the he doesn't, reason why. Though.
0: That's an opinion, I, though.
1: But I think he's going to do bad because he even came out in the Howard Stern show. And you guys have to listen to that. Giselle wanted him to take a step back pretty much. I thought the Yoko Ono post was funny. I just think that people don't even know what the Beatles are anymore. I think there's some comedy to that. But, yeah, that's Brady slander for some odd reason. Even though I just said Giselle's, Giselle's the new Yoko Ono. Tom Brady stepped away to go to Florida to retire. That's what he's doing right now. He's not going to do OTAs with the Mike Evans and the Godwins down there and the OJ Howard. Too. He's not going to end up doing the extra preseason work. That's what he struggled with in New England with some of these younger receivers. This guy's not going to just walk into Tampa, pick up a playbook, and be able to connect with some of these players. They're, these players are not Antonio Browns, like where A.B. comes in and he can just feed off of the <laughs> I'm being serious.
0: This guy has no connection way. with these guys. You cannot connect Antonio Brown to, like, real well, wide receivers. I'm saying that Antonio like Brown Evans.
1: is the best wide receiver in the league by far. And that guy can go on any team, walk on any team, and be relevant just like that. Absolutely. I mean,
0: can, he was good two, three years ago, but, bro, put him did on Did you a, not watch bro, his bro, Miami field.
1: game when he came into New England? In 11 days on that team, he looked phenomenal.
0: I mean, he caught a touchdown, and he had sub 100 yards. What's the fucking deal, dude? He looked good. He's a great wide receiver. But you can't put a uniform on the retired and tell him that he's going to be the best player in the league? I'm You're comparing cooked, him to
1: say Mike Evans. He Ill, might eat, How are you going to tell me more, that? He might need more work with Mike Evans. He might need more work with Chris Godwin. He might need more work down there with certain receivers. And you know what? There's going to be no NFL season anyways, so it doesn't I even agree. matter. Yo, I look at it this way: said Brady's if Brady, gonna miss
0: the OTAs, that's not very bold when the OTAs themselves got canceled,
2: moron. If Brady does well in Tampa Yo, Tyler, Bay, and the Patriots can talk don't. You for ten minutes straight. I'm sorry for bothering. Oh, me. good. I just look at it this way: If Tom Brady does well in Tampa Bay and the Patriots don't, then everyone's gonna be like, "Oh, Brady's better than Belichick." But if Belichick and the Patriots do well and the Tampa Bay doesn't, it's gonna be, "Oh, Brady was a system QB the whole time." By the way, the argument's stupid because they did it for 20 straight years, but people aren't going to think of that. I want, like, in a perfect world, obviously, like, oh, let's do a Patriots-Bucks Super Bowl and we'll see who really – like, that's not going to happen. But I want the Patriots to do what? 11-5, 12-4, I'm fine with that. And I want the Bucks to do well and Brady to put up numbers to show, hey, he wasn't just a system quarterback or Belichick wasn't me because of Brady. These are just two extraordinary talents in their field and now that they're each like separated from each other, and they're each succeeding, that should like solve the case of it was neither Brady or Belichick who made the Patriots. It was just the fact that they were two unreal talents working together. But you still got to pick know, a side. Uh, oh well, know. I'm going to pick obviously the Patriots of the Bucs. I am going to root for the Bucs because like we were talking about earlier, the Bucks mean literally nothing to anybody in Boston, Massachusetts. And if you think they do, if you think they do, you just got mad that Brady went there because you don't get you don't care. Maybe you are a big anti-Devil Rays fan. Well here's here's, like be, here's, here's here's that, my you're not gonna be problem anything here's about the my box.
1: problem Tyler and GRD and I want to know your opinion, GRD. How do you feel about people showing up to Patriots games this year wearing a Tom Brady Bucks jersey? Like
0: I don't hate on it, bro, because this is the thing. The Patriots are not winning anything this year. So if you want to go
1: cheer for Tom Brady for the next two years, go ahead. So come up to a, just a random game where it's the fucking Jets and Patriots and you're wearing a Tom Brady Bucks jersey. So I wouldn't do it,
0: but, bro, I think you're kind of downplaying the player that Tom Brady is, bro. Like, you might be in the now, but maybe you're forgetting the fact that this is, like, literally not even New England bait bias. This is the best football player of all time ever, ever, ever. In our whole lives, I know we don't have many years left with this corona bullshit, but, bro, there's never going to be another guy like him.
1: No, absolutely not. Tom Brady is literally the GOAT. But But if you're a New England Patriots fan, you stick with New England Patriots, you want to support Tom Brady on Sundays, wear your Tom Brady New England Patriots jersey. Not just go out and buy a Bucs. How about some of these Patriots fans just going, I'm going to buy season tickets. I'm going to travel down and go see him. I mean, come on. You're rooting for Tampa Bay more than you're rooting for the New England Patriots. There's a lot of fans this out year. here that there's a lot of fans this year that have already given up on the Patriots and say, I'm just rooting with Brady and the Bucks and I'm just going to ride them off. And I'll come back to New England in two years and start rooting for their team. I mean, I'm not going to argue anymore about it. Like,
0: I'll tell you what the way every New England Patriots fan should look at this. They should just look at it like this. Tom Brady's in another team. Like I said, Patriots ain't winning shit this year. Tom Brady's on the other team. If he does good, root for him. If he doesn't do good, then root for that. Whatever. You happy over there, Larry?
1: I was just going to say, how about let's track back to Super Bowl night at your place. And how I said Tom Brady's not coming back to the New England Patriots. And we watched that commercial. Remember you said, you're stupid, dude. Did you not hear the commercial? I know you're just saying, you know, you're saying it to say it. No, you're right,
0: bro. I was saying that. No,
1: that commercial means he's going to be a Patriot. And it's funny to, for me to write just that comment back there. Yeah, I had a few Bud Lattes in me, but me to say I just don't think that he's coming back. I think I believe in the Hulu curse, but I, I said that he's not coming back. And the amount of people that just shit on me for that opinion alone, saying you don't support <laughs> the Patriots, you're a Brady hater. See, that's the thing that a lot of people keep getting twisted about. And there and there are times where I just do it on purpose because I want to get a rise out of people. But I yeah, post so you one little thing, but I post one th- little thing about Tom Brady. I don't agree with the TB12 brand and what they were doing. That's my opinion, and I have the right to say that because I just feel that way. But then people say you're slandering Brady's name, you're slandering TB12, you're slandering the Patriots. Like people like to take words and twist it in, into their own assumptions.
0: Okay, let's be honest. You think when you post, you think that you're like a fucking wizard playing chess with your posts and shit, right? Like no. you do subliminal posts. This guy, that guy. Three years later, talking about how Wahlberg left the Super Bowl, right? Yeah. But bro, let's be real. If we talk about you three years ago, ride the wave. We'll close tomorrow. Oh, why's that? Because I got dirt on you, daddy. <laughs> no, <Nah>, I'm <laughs> just kidding. Yo, hey. We got dirt I'm on saying, each other. It was a good 50th episode. We'll break the news on the next one at 11 p.m. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Wait, GOD, before we leave, uh, Jason Tatum hasn't touched a basketball since... The last Celtics game. Does Absolutely. he know that he's, oh. he he has all the money in the world? He Well, he's going to. He is has it? all this endorsement money. He's also a professional basketball player that the Celtics would just ship him a hoop. I get the fact that he's like, I don't want to play basketball outside. It's cold. Yeah, that makes sense. But go to like a private gym or something. You're Jason Tatum. You are literally the city's keys is in his hands now. Like there's not a lot of Boston athletes anymore that you could even put up there in contention. I think that like Jason Tatum has the key to the city. Just go to an open gym, go to the RVAC center, go to something and just be social distancing. Uh, there's no, I mean, I guess he wants to say, I think he said something like, oh, I don't want to, if I bring it back, uh, he has a son that he's spent in quarantine with. His mom obviously doesn't want to put the risk in danger and all of that. So he's being socially uh, doing the social justice hero. But I need Jason to be able to playing basketball. I don't think the NBA is going to be coming back anytime soon, but I prefer the the future of the franchise to uh, get a couple shots up here and there.
0: Hey, that's LA's future player, bro. Jason Tatum is good as gone. Jason Tatum is not going to be signing that huge Supermax deal with Boston anyways. The kid is showing you right there. He does not want it. We want somebody who's going to I don't care if people are dying. Grandmas are dying. Mothers in the NBA are dying. I still want my players on the court getting better at their craft jason tatum no excuse for not playing basketball
2: you think he i think he resigns the extension then once that's
0: up he goes to la chucking up the deuces he's going to the purple and piss just like his idol kobe bryant
2: but everyone's saying the the paul pierce thing he's like oh but paul pierce is the lakers man no like tatum's gonna go like i think jalen brown stays here longer than tatum does but i don't think jalen brown's gonna be as good as tatum
1: I think they made Jalen Brown the replacement for Tom Brady in the Best Buddies games every year. They're not doing it no. this year. No, oh, they, made, was, Jason the oh, they Jason made Jason Tatum. Oh, Jason Tatum. That's actually kind of big that he's, he's there. Um, it's, a, but it's not happening this offseason, but I just want to go back on the Tom Brady thing. When he stepped away from Best Buddies, I thought that was the final nail in the coffin that he was leaving and you're pulling out. So, uh mm-hmm. um, I think that's kind of interesting. If Jason Tatum does a little bit more charity work and shit like that, that he might stay around. I mean, it.
0: to be honest, like him doing charity and him not playing basketball, that's not nothing for me. Yeah. All right, any final thoughts before we wrap this up? How are those pickles? they That's actually like really fucking good. Shout I'm not out a to guy, but I I heard those are pretty good.
1: Yeah, shout out to Grillo's pickles, ma'am. They um, it was funny because. They uh, were on Barstool recently. They gave, like, Prez, like, some Patrick Ewing sneakers. They look sick. I reached oh, out to Oh, yeah, them. yeah.
0: Mass Vintage has those.
1: Yeah, I reached out to them, and I just said, um, I like your pickles, man. Can we do a little advertisement? <laughs> it's like, not bad. So there we go. Yo, Yo we go. I'm telling
0: you this. On the 100th episode, me and you are both going to have one of those jugs, and we're going to have a pickle-eating contest. Whoever finishes the jug first wins.
1: Can you drink the? You had to drink the brine. That too. was
0: psychopath move. If you drink the pickle Ooh, juice. Yep. <laughs> drink every single thing in the in the thing has to be consumed into <laughs> your body. No puking. Oh. Bud lattes are the only other substance allowed. Pickle juice is great. That's All right, this yeah, been dude, I'll do it in 100th
2: episode. <laughs> Boston Victory episode 50. Thank you. Pat Frymuth, hopping on. Thank you, G.I.D. for hopping on. Uh, here's the 50 more, I guess, if we want to be cliche about Bro, it. I'll see you motherfuckers in 49. Yeah, 2049. <laughs>